Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Yo, this is the fantasy best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, man? Not much, Greggy. Pretty excited. Um, you know, something I was talking to you about downstairs, getting me excited not only as a fantasy fan, but as a, a Jet fan, of course, is the comments coming out from Josh Norman about Sam Darnold. I thought that was great yesterday, him talking of Sam Darnold, playing like a veteran, making all the great decisions already in training camp. That's great to read. Uh, and then yesterday I caught up on uh, Hard Knocks. I didn't catch the first episode last week, and then I watched both of them last night. Stood up entirely too late, but it was well worth it. Hashtag bless him. I love that. Okay, there you go. I did not, I did not watch Hard Knocks last night yet. You saw the first episode. I did. Bless him. Bless him. Jarvis Landry. I got it. Or Laundry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. I, uh, I like the first episode. I, I got to be honest with you. It's all kind of boring to me. Yeah. Like, I, I want to like it, but I find myself every single time I watch it, no matter what time of day, I wind up, like, falling asleep for part of it, and then I have to rewind it. Every time I watch, really? in every season. Yeah, and, I, and, and listen, so a lot of it was like, all right, I come home from work before Judy gets home, and I'm like, oh, perfect time to watch, right? I mean, you're probably tired, just right. in general. It was, yeah. long, it was a long day, of course. So, that's one of the problems. And then, I watched it, so the first episode, I watched it when I woke up on, like, um, either Saturday morning, I woke up. And it was before our draft, so I watched Hard Knocks. And I find myself, I guess I wasn't falling asleep, but I was, like, sitting on my phone, like, on Twitter. Really? It just, it just doesn't, captivate, doesn't captivate me. Like, Jarvis Landry's speech did in, in that, that first episode, but, like, not the whole show. I, I want to like it. I watch every year. I, just, yeah. I, I think know. it had the opposite uh, effect on me, actually. 11 p.m., I put on the first episode, and I was like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> I want to watch the second one. So I just ended up watching both episodes and then I went to sleep after that. But uh, it was pretty good, man. And, you know, while, you know, you feel bad for Hugh Jackson, everything that he's going through, the whole, like, him versus Todd Haley thing, like, you would think, all right, Hugh Jackson, you're 1-31 in in your last 32 games. Maybe you should take some advice from Todd Haley. You know, don't be, don't try to be bigger than you are. I mean, Todd Haley just came from the Steelers. He knows what a successful organization is. I mean, he's also a prick. He is. But he's come from successful organizations in sure. the past, so he knows what works, Greg. Yeah, I, I, Hugh Jackson should take but he some also was head co- advice. Well, he was also the head coach of the Chiefs and was maniacal and ran a program into the ground, and they he was he was crazy, man. That dude was wild in KC. No, oh, yeah, and he pretty much got driven out of the Steelers because they didn't like him there either. But look, say what you want about he's the a guy. Brick. I'm not disputing that at all. But in terms of football acumen, yeah, he had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, but he got the he got the most out of those guys. Year in and year out. 
All right. Um, on the program today, we're going to get into running back rankings, your tiers, your debate, your sleepers, your busts, all that good stuff. We did it with the quarterbacks yesterday. If you enjoyed the program, uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, Frankie on Monday also came out with a brand new whiteboard series video. Pick number five? Yes, sir. Pick number five. I believe pick number three is up next, correct? I'm going to do pick eight. You do pick eight? Yes. Okay, so a little, little change of plans there. Pick eight will come up next. Pick three on the way uh, later this week, we can assume. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so with that all being said, I want to get into the running backs. But before we do, we begin with the stat of the day. And I'm pretty excited about this one, Greggy. <laughs> I want to make this clear uh, yes. that Frank goes to me earlier. I have a great stat of the day. I go, all right, awesome. What is it? And then he goes, well, it's about the Vikings. All right, cool. Well, what is it? Oh, you have to say. <laughs> just like, what? Wait for the show. Why are, a you, teaser, Greg. why are you bringing it? It's a teaser off air. It's literally just a teaser for me. Yeah. All right. You know, I like to tease your best friends a little bit. Uh, by the way, speaking of teasing, forever. first playoff game tonight. Kickball. Yeah. How's that going? Uh, what seed did you guys finish? One. Oh. Well, in our division. In our division. So you guys, Actually, are, le- you guys are legit. Well, the one seed, uh, so the playoffs start tonight. We are play you the Bow Sox of this kickball league? I wouldn't say that. No. Um, but we're, that the one, we're the one seed on our side of the bracket. Um, tonight will be easy. Ooh. And then. Of the confidence. And then next week, it yeah. really begins, I think. Um, so we'll see. Lots of, uh, lots of bunts being dropped by Greggy tonight. Yeah. Uh, they, they expect it too. <laughs> After the first two I dropped last time, they were like, the dude's going to bunt. I'm like, yeah. And did you still successfully bunt for a hit? Yeah. That's embarrassing for them. He's got to put in the right spot, man. Wait, so if you bunt and then they know it's coming, what, what's your counter to that? Do you just like pop it over to the third baseman's no, head so then? No, I'm, I'm, I'm too nervous to do that because I think I'll pop it up if I try mm. to do that. So in kickball, in the league we play in, like you have your pitcher's mound like right here, let's say. Okay. You have your pitcher's mound right in the middle. And then on the sides, like right, right to the right side and to the left side, there's cones. And you can't, and the third baseman or the, let's say, first baseman encroaching in can't go past those cones until after the ball is hit. Why? Because if, if it'd be impossible to, to bunt. A bunt for a hit? And it's also well, it po- shouldn't be a thing anyway, Greg. Well, it's also impossible to do some other things hitting-wise. So. <laughs> All right, Greg. I trust, I trust you and your, your, kickball, uh, your kickball skill. Good luck tonight, buddy. Stat of the day tomorrow will be my, my batting line tomorrow. There you go. Frank, what's today's stat of the day? So after Dalvin Cook's injury, starting in week five, Lat Murray and Jarek McKinnon combined for three... 142 carries and 56 receptions in 12 games. That's 28 and a half carries, 4.6 receptions per game combined between Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon per game last year for the Vikings offense. And I know they don't have Pat Sherber anymore, but um, we still, you know, we, we like a lot of the pieces that are still involved with this Vikings offense. And I just think this is very reassuring for, uh, Dalvin Cook owners, for people who you know are expecting to draft him, even if Latavius Murray is involved, even if he gets 8 to 10 touches per game. I mean, these, these guys were combining for over 32 touches a game, Greg. So I just thought that was insane. For only in 12 games, 340 carries, 56 receptions. Where is their offensive line rank, Frank? Well, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also brought up to you downstairs. Um, they lost a few pieces on the offensive line. PFF currently ranks them as the 28th. Offensive line uh, in football, which among the top 10 running backs being drafted right now, they are the lowest projected offensive line. Um, So that's not great. But last year at season's end, they ranked 22nd. So I think this is more of 
you know, even if Latavius Murray and Jerick McKinnon weren't all that efficient, because I don't think they were. This is, that's part of the reason why we've bashed Jerick McKinnon here is because he's never really been an efficient running back. I think that there's a lot of volume to go around here, and I'm going to continue to beat that drum in volume over efficiency. Even if the offensive line isn't great, I still do think Dalvin Cook is going to be right there in line for 20 touches per game, maybe over 20 per touches. Even if Latavius Murray gets his 8 to 10 per game, I'm not worried about it. I think there's enough to go around for both. Okay. Uh, we're going to get more into Dalvin Cook uh, coming up in, in a moment, but we're going to go through the top 24 running backs on today's show. And to do that, we start with the number one overall pick, which, listen, we have said for a while, it's Todd Gurley or it's Le'Veon Bell, and we haven't really spent much time saying which one it should be. So let me ask you, who should it be? Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? So this might be cop-out, uh, but I do think that it's, uh, it's format-dependent. And I would take Todd Gurley in standard, just based on you know the touchdowns he had last year. And look, we're not going to project him for close to 20 touchdowns once again, but just based on the way that they used him, uh, 18 rushing attempts from within the five that led all running backs last season, 90% of his team's rushing attempts within the five, that's also the highest percentage of any running back last season, 15 goal line carries also led all running backs last season. So in the non-PPR format where touchdowns are so important, I lead Todd Gurley, but in any other format, half point PPR or full point, I will go with Le'Veon Bell. All right, uh, I think I think it's reasonable. Um, I probably agree. I, I probably agree. In an auction, I'm going to talk more about auction strategy uh, this week. I have my auction on Monday. Monday's show will be an all auction program, so get excited for that. Um, in an auction, I have them priced at the same number because I do think it, it, it's that close. I, I agree. In the PPR, in any sort of PPR, you have to go with Le'Veon Bell. The receptions will be there more often. Um, in, in a standard, I'm going with, or a non-PPR, I should say, I'm going with Todd Gurley for all the reasons you mentioned. We completely agree on that point. Yeah, and, and Le'Veon Bell, look, as good as he is, he's never had more than nine rushing touchdowns in any single season. Uh, we all like Le'Veon Bell a lot. Um, I think he's going to be over 400 touches again this year. Look, he was number one in snap share among running backs last year, number one in percentage of team carries plus targets, uh, number one in carries overall. So I think Le'Veon Bell and probably Ezekiel Elliott are the best locks for 400-plus touches this season. I think it's an easy slam dunk one and two for Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. Not much more to say, in my opinion. Then you get to three and four, which also, we know who three and four are in some order, David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott. But again, Frank, we haven't exactly spent much time discussing, well, who should go first? Are you going to give me the same cop-out answer in a non-PPR Ezekiel Elliott in the PPR half point? You're going with David Johnson? So, in in non-PPR and half PPR, I'll still take Ezekiel Elliott. um, Because I just think... Overall, I think he has more upside than David Johnson. And we saw a couple of years ago what David Johnson can do, scored the 20 total touchdowns. But, I, you know, there's questions about that offense overall, whether it's Sam Bradford, whether it's Josh Rosen. The offensive line is not great there either. And, you know, David Johnson, for what it's worth, looked very good in that first preseason game, looked like vintage David Johnson. Uh, I don't think that I'm not one of these guys who's going to push him outside the top four because, you know, some people are trying to get a little bit too sexy and, and push David Johnson down the board. I'm not going to do that. But in non-PPR, I just think, look, Zeke Elliott is the Cowboys offense. They've shown that once they get inside the red zone, they're just going to feed, feed, feed Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he's going to score, I think, is a lock to score double-digit touchdowns. So in non-PPR, and even half, I'll take Ezekiel Elliott because I think that he can flirt with 50-plus receptions this year based on how many targets are available. Uh, Jason Witten gone, Des Bryant gone from this team. Uh, Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup, they'll do their thing, even Cole Beasley too, but uh, they're talking up. Yeah, um, Ezekiel like, getting more receptions in this past game, and I do buy that. So in non-PPR and half point, I have him three. In the full point PPR, 
just because I think David Johnson has 80-plus reception upsides, I'll put him third. But typically, that's how I'm going to rank it. It's, it's based on format once again. Not to give you the cop-out answer, but I completely agree with you. Um, again, the more I've read about this, initially I had David Johnson ranked everywhere. Uh, I shouldn't say everywhere. Half-point PPR and PPR uh, ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. But the more I thought about it, the more I looked into it. You're right, Frankie, in that David Johnson is in an offense with a lot of unknowns. With an offensive coordinator he's never had before, the quarterback he's never had before, the offense has simply changed. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't. It's been the same offense since he came into the league. What's also really good about Ezekiel Elliott, he's completely healthy and there's no distractions going on in Dallas. Like you mentioned those wide receivers that uh, ultimately will step up for Dak Prescott, and that's great, but we know this team, this offense is going to revolve around Elliott. And while I'm sure the Cardinals' offense will rely around David Johnson, um, the questions the questions are there. And as good as he looked in that first preseason game and as good as he's looked in practice, he's been injured each of the last two years. And then he ended the year before injured. There's just there's a lot of injury history there. And some of it's fluky, obviously, but some of it's not. And, and I think that seeing the place that Ezekiel Elliott currently is in makes me feel more comfortable and safer taking him in both the non-PBR and the half-point PBR. And that's why I go with Elliott over Johnson in those formats. Yeah, plus David Johnson is a little bit older than we realize. He's 26 years old. He had 866 career carries uh, at Northern Iowa. Uh, Zeke a little bit younger, has some youth on his side. And plus overall, I just think the, you know, while people are poo-pooing the Cowboys offense, I do think that it'll, it will be better than the Cardinals offense. The offensive line is clearly better. And I don't think the weapons are as bad as people have made it out to seem. So I think that's an easy one. Uh, Zeke, three Non-PBR, half-PBR, full point. I'll go with David Johnson. Has the 80-plus reception upside. All right, let's continue now. And it's interesting because the next couple of picks have kind of... next two picks, I should say. I know I keep breaking them down in twos, but they've kind of sorted themselves out also over the past couple of weeks. I don't know if you so much agree with this, but it used to be a tier, I thought, of, of four guys, and now I feel like that tier is two guys, and it's Alvin Kamara and it's Saquon Barkley. Everything, to me, is the, the dust have settled here a bit with Mark Ingram suspension, with Saquon Barkley. Barkley, I know he's, he's battling that hamstring tweak. It doesn't seem overly serious. And in the PPR, you're obviously, I would think, going Kamara there. Um, but Barkley, in the non-PPR, people are feeling very comfortable uh, with that, with all the noise talking about how good and how many carries Barkley should get. Kamara in the half-point PPR versus Barkley, I think it's a debate. I'm going to let Frank uh, opine on that. But it certainly seems like 5-6 in some order is Kamara and Barkley. Uh, I think in both PPR formats, the full point and the half point, they're both right there, five and six. In my opinion, in non-PPR, I've moved Kamara down uh, to really, in my opinion, the bottom of this tier, which is With behind Kareem Gordon. Hunt, behind Melvin Gordon, just because I think those guys have more touchdown upside. Yeah. And, you know, look, Alvin Kamara scored the touchdowns last year, but based on his efficiency, where he scored them on the field, you know, he didn't have a lot of carries from inside the five, inside the red zone. Uh, yes, he's going to catch a ton of passes. That's why, you know, in half-point PPR, I still have him as my RB6 right behind Saquon Barkley. Um, in full-point PPR, I think that they're interchangeable. I'm still going to take Saquon Barkley overall. So no matter he's what, my number five he's overall. your number five overall. Yeah. Is he number five ahead of Antonio Brown? And who's number five running back? Is he number five overall in a half-point PPR? In half-point PPR, yes, not in full-point. Okay. I would take Antonio Brown over Saquon in full-point PPR. So when it comes to any sort of PPR, I'm going to have Kamara over Barkley because I know that Barkley is, is that triple threat, being able to block, being able to run, being able to catch, and those wheel routes that he specialized in at Penn State. Um, I, I, I recognize that like it's going to be there in the offense. But the Giants have a lot of weapons with Evan Ingram and with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Greg, you want me to read the, uh, the Pat Shermer-led... Running back numbers in the final 12 games once again? Would you like me to do that? If you'd like. No, I don't want to. You go back and listen to it. Nah, I'll read it for you. 
342 carries and 56 receptions in the final 12 games of a Pat Shermer-led Vikings offense last year with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. Just think about it. It's mouth-watering upside for Saquon Barker. I think he's one of a handful of running backs who can get 350-plus touches this year. It's just that volume I'll take over Kamara in both the half point and actually in any format. I'll take, I'll take that volume, that opportunity, more so than Kamara's efficiency. Before we hit the break, I want to get to you at 844-843-6879. Let me go to Logan in Michigan. What's up, Logan? What's up, guys? What's your question, my man? All right, so uh, in my home league, I'm drafting at the sixth spot in the 10-team PPR league. And so I've done a few uh, mock drafts, drafting at the same spot with the same format and all that stuff, trying to get ready. And uh, in, like, the first round, you know, I'm taking Kamara, Barkley, second round kind of around the uh, the Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, and then third round it's kind of like Larry Fitz, Stephon Diggs. But in the fourth round is where I'm having my issues at. Um, usually there's, like, Demarius Thomas, um, uh, Amari Cooper, um, and, like, Marvin Jones, and then there's also, like, a Joe Mixon, Jordan Howard. Like, where would you guys go with that in a full PPR I feel like um, I feel like Amari Cooper would have the upside, and I don't really want to be reaching on a Marvin Jones, but it's just a tough decision for me. In the PBR, Marvin Jones is my least. Yeah, Marvin Jones and Demarius Thomas, the two guys I'm least interested there. Yeah. I think wide receiver wise, you'll go Amari Cooper. The running backs are the best players there, Joe yeah. Mixon and Jordan Howard. So I think I'd have to go with that, despite it being a PBR. Yeah, I agree 100. percent If uh, you take a run a wide receiver in the third, you're going to want to get that RB in the fourth. But I will say this: 10 team PPR. If you get McCaffrey in the third, that's where I'm leaning. Take the wide receiver in the fourth, Greg. We take a break. More running back rankings and debate coming up next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Spend the break looking over um, the fouls rule that Al Riveron just put up you know, like in a tweet. He's the director of officials. This this head this helmet thing is mind boggling. What is it that you're referring to exactly? Like when you, so the new rule in the NFL is that you can't you can't lead with your helmet you at lead, all, like as a, whatsoever, as a defender or as a running back, That's right? right. You I thought that that was the thing for a while, though. Well, maybe it was. And now they're just like overly enforcing it. Okay, but there, I, the last three in which in this video that they said they're fouls, I like don't know what the player did wrong every time. Yeah, you, know, you could wa- you could watch the last three, Frank. This happened during the preseason. So yeah, far? these are all from the preseason week one. Uh, you missed one. You'll see the next two. One against the Browns, the Giant game, uh, and the one after that. Um, these were all called against defense. These are or? all should be fouls. I don't know who they were called against or whatever, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't see anything wrong. <laughs> the video glitched right when the tackle was happening. Oh, that sucks. That's unfortunate. And I mean, look. And for people who are wondering, look at the last one. Explain that because I don't get it. I don't. I don't okay. No one touch this anybody. Is a Saints quarterback. Right. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, for those wondering, like, what this might have to do for fantasy, think about it. You know, if it's a third down, this is going to keep drives alive. This could cause more offensive production, which ultimately helps us for fantasy purposes. Well, it might help. It might help you, you know, lose. It might go the other way against you. But 
ultimately, you know, if more penalties are being called week in and week out, it's going to lead to more uh, drives being sustained and more offensive production coming. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely will. Something you're going to have to take note of, and we'll see how um, tight they call it uh, during the season. Now, I want to get back to our running back rankings and tiers. And, of course, Frank's rankings are located inside the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. It's available right now at rotoexperts.com. Frank also texted me, I'll get to it in a second, that you could now update your half-point PPR ranks at Fantasy Pros, and he was thrilled. It's almost like they were listening to us yesterday. Maybe they were. Yeah. So normally, they would just take your standard and your PPR and just kind of like merge them and form their own half point, but now you can edit them yourself, and I'm very excited about that. All righty. Um, if you want to use, get into the Roto Experts exclusive edge package and you want 10% off, you can use the promo code FRANKTHETANK. 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 Frank the tank. You get 10% off when you check out. I went through my five and six, uh, which for me, in a half point and a full point, I'll just say half point because unless we specify that's what we're talking about, was Alvin Kamara and then it was Saquon Barkley. For Frank, pretty much in all formats outside of the full PPR, he's got Barkley five. In the half point, he's got Kamara six. Uh, and then in the standard or the non-PPR, seven, eight, and some, or for me, my seven, eight, and for him, number six, it is Melvin Gordon and Kareem Hunt. Uh, we have stressed early and often, Frankie, that Melvin Gordon belongs in this tier. Uh, but I still have Kareem Hunt ahead of him. Who do you have there, Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon? Yes, so I still do have Kareem Hunt ahead of Melvin Gordon in every format. And, you know, you look into Kareem Hunt's season last year, it was very, very interesting. Look, there was that lull. uh, I'll break down his season by, like, thirds. The first seven games of the season, he had at least... Seven, uh, at least 100 yards from scrimmage in each of the first seven games. He didn't score a touchdown, however, in nine straight games. That was from weeks four through 13. And I just found that, you know, some of it is unlucky. But what needs to happen here, Greg, is if they don't make Kareem Hunt the workhorse running back, based on everything that we saw last year, what he did. I mean, 325 touches as a, as a rookie coming in, uh, 43 red zone touches was seventh among running backs. Think about this. 137 evaded tackles, first among running backs. 18 runs of 15-plus yards, first among running backs. 632 yards created by himself, first among running backs. All the metrics and everything that we saw last year, especially the beginning of the season and the end of the season, says that Kareem Hunt is a beast. Now, if Andy Reid comes out this year and for whatever reason gets Spencer Ware or whatever other schmuck involved... Oh, you a schmuck, huh? ...involved in the Chiefs' run game and it's not Kareem Hunt, I'm telling you, this will be one of the biggest flops in fantasy football history. I'm talking about, like, anything that we, we saw in the World Cup, Greg. Seriously. Like, this will be terrible because I just think all the metrics, the way he ran last year, what he did, and that low in the middle of the season was... Because they weren't really giving him the ball. That's The only way Kareem Hunt will bust is out of his control. That's basically how I'll say it. Because when he's on the field, if they give him 15 to 20 touches per game, he's going to live up to his first-round value. And I wholeheartedly believe that in this offense, which I think he's going to get down the field a ton. I know Patrick Mahomes turning the ball over in training camp, but I, just, I don't see how he could fail with these weapons. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the big arm. They bring in Sammy Watkins. They're going to get down the field a ton. I think that's going to just lead to more scoring opportunities for Kareem Hunt. If anything goes wrong, it's because Andy Reid caused it, in my opinion. Or an injury, Listen, which you I, can't predict. I, I ultimately totally, um, I totally agree with you. His, you look at Kareem Hunt, and 
That 4.9 yards per carry is just, just really stands out, especially when you're comparing him, as I am, against the Melvin Gordon. Because Melvin Gordon never gets over 4, right? You're looking at 3.9, 3.8, 3. consistently. And that's fine. And we've said many times on the show, we have no problem with what Melvin Gordon does because you know what you're getting. The touchdowns will be there. And yeah, he's going to catch a ton of balls, and that's awesome. But I don't think he has the potential to, in all honesty, and maybe I'm going out on a limb, to finish as the number one overall back. And I think Kareem Hunt does. And that's what makes me really like Kareem Hunt more than a Melvin Gordon. When we started this process, I had Kareem Hunt ahead of Alvin Kamara. And, of course, Mark Ingram's suspension changed that. But I believe Kareem Hunt is an all-around talent. I think we see the phase-out process of Sharkandrick West. I think Spencer Ware is a backup. I think um, Damian Williams, if he makes the team, is a backup. Nobody, I think they realize that Kareem Hunt's their man. And this team, we talk about all the weapons they have. Kareem Hunt's a major part of that. I think he only gets better in, in year two. I love Kareem Hunt this year. He is absolutely next for me in all formats. And then I have Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so in non-PPR, I have both Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon ahead of Alvin Kamara, like I mentioned, just based on that touchdown upside. But I wholeheartedly agree with you with, I think Kareem Hunt has that upside. Based on what we saw in those first seven games where he started his career, his NFL career with 100 yards of scrimmage or more in each of the first seven games, not only that, like he had monster games where he helped you win early on, and then he had monster games where he helped you win. I mean, this guy helped me win fantasy championships last year. If you just take what he did early in the season last year and towards the end of the season last year, and we could just make that a little bit more consistent throughout the season, he legitimately does have, you know, top three running back upside. I believe that as well, Greg. And then we continue on to the next two, and I I like how we're bringing them down by twos, and that's almost really how they go. Yeah. And you get to Leonard Fournette and Dalvin Cook. And I think this is where we probably disagree. You've been the Dalvin Cook guy uh, all along. I've been the Leonard Fournette guy all along. I know what you read about the Vikings with Latavius Murray and with Jarek McKinnon. And I've read you plenty of stats with Leonard Fournette and just how much that offense revolves around him. I think we're pretty set in our positions. Um, I think that full point PBR, I probably lean Dalvin Cook, to be fair, because I don't think Leonard Fournette catches many passes. I think we see a lot of TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant on third down. Um, but in the half point and then the non PBR, I'm going to stick with Fournette. Yeah, so I have Delvin Cook ahead of Leonard Fournette in every format. I've been consistent with that. I'm going to remain that way. I remember when we had Dr. Aon, I even asked him, based on both injury histories here, because Dalvin Cook, again, coming off the torn ACL, you know, maybe we don't talk about that enough, but he has an injury that he's coming back from, and then Leonard Fournette has the chronic foot-ankle injuries. And I asked Dr. A, you know, who would you rather draft? And he said, undoubtedly, it's Dalvin Cook. So he just kind of, you know, reassured uh, what I thought already. And, you know... Question marks about the, the Vikings offensive line, but I think that offense is going to be great. They're going to get down the field a ton. Um, Dalvin Cook was averaging 18 and a half rushing attempts himself before he got hurt. The Vikings overall, their offense was second in rush attempts last season. Uh, you know who was first? It was actually the Jaguars, but um, I think I'm only really worried about the injury concern with Leonard Fournette because they improved the offensive line. Like everything else there. It sets up perfectly for Leonard Fournette. Like, he is a workhorse. He averaged over 20 carries per game. Everything that you want out of your running back. And I, I think the, the PPR concerns are a little bit overblown because I think Leonard Fournette catches 40-plus balls this year. But to me, the only reason why I have him behind Dalvin Cook is the chronic foot and ankle injury concerns, Greg. Yeah, so um, it's all fair. But it's I like all, where he's going. Like, I don't, like, all fair. if Dalvin Cook is gone and I'm at the swing, no I'm going to take Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with I'm either. I'm just splitting hairs here. The only thing that scares me about Dalvin Cook is that line. I know Jacksonville's line, which was already good last year, gets better with an Andrew Norwell. Um, so for me, I don't have that fear of the line like I do with the Vikings. And Dalvin Cook, like, yes, he's, he's, he's totally fine. He's practicing fully healthy. And Leonard Fournette has the chronic issue. You addressed it, Frank. 
Um, but for me, that line's gotten better. Fournette seems healthy. He lost a little bit of weight, which I always appreciate. That's just the edge for me, and it's very, very close. It really is. And these are the top 10 running backs who are consistently pretty much gone by, like, the swing pick yeah. in fantasy football, regardless of format. Greg, I feel like we've done this before, but if you had to choose one or two guys from this group, because it's going to happen, who are, who are most likely to bust, who would you choose from this group, from these group of 10 running backs that we've mentioned so far? Most likely to bust? Yeah. I hate to say this because it's just so ridiculous, and I know it sounds ridiculous. I think it's Alvin Kamara. And I just, I just think, look at that workload and look at the touchdown efficiency, and it's the same conversation we had with Deshaun Watson yesterday. But I think it's Kamara out of that. Like, he's the one I'm going, I would pull the trigger, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but that's the one that probably scares me the most out of these guys. You? Yeah, I actually have three candidates. Kamara is one of them, and then the other two, just, you know, based on injury concern, but that's what can cause a player to bust. Absolutely. Is Leonard Fournette and David Johnson. Yeah, I, David Johnson I considered as well. Yeah. Um, those I'm are probably really the three scariest, but like I'm still not shying away, like I said. Yeah. But they're the most risky running backs, I'd say, in the first round. Uh, okay, cool. So those are the top 10 guys. And Frank said the, it's wild that this year that 10, these 10 running backs are legitimately going in the first about 14 picks or so, depending yeah. on what draft it is. In our flex draft, the non PPR, yeah. the first 10 of the first 11 picks. Yeah. Everybody except Antonio Brown, who I think went six, six. or seven. He went. He went seven. Seven. He went seven. I took. He went seven. I took uh, Barkley six. Ten of the first eleven picks in non PPR were running backs. Yeah. And Florio was, depending on how you look at it, he was hand gifted DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham at pick twelve. But getting, again, a non PPR. And league. we're getting a lot of questions about that from listeners. That if you're in the half point, if you're in a half point PPR, I, I just want to split the difference. If you're in that half point PPR, and all of these running backs. Maybe not all. But let's say that there's 10 running backs here. There's a strong top 10. Yep. Nine of them go. You're at the turn. And if nine of them go, that means you have two of the top four wide receivers left of DeAndre Hopkins. Antonio Brown will be gone. Two of the top three. DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, and Julio Jones. Do you take like two of those and be like, holy crap, like I just got this? Or do you take that 10th running back, being that's probably Fournette or Cook? What would you rather do in that situation? So I actually experimented with this in one of my most recent best ball drafts. I had pick 11, uh, and by the time I got there, I had to either take Dalvin Cook, he was the last running back available, or one of the wide receivers. I ended up taking DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook went at the turn, yep. and I ended up with Julio Jones in the second round. Which you so I started at, wide receiver, wide receiver, in a half-point PPR. Now, I'm not really, I don't feel great about my running backs. I ended up with Derrick Henry, Ronald Jones, and I think Marshawn Lynch as like okay. my first three. And if I had to do it over again, I probably would take Dalvin Cook. All right, and so then whatever wide receiver fell to me in round two. So at so that was that was one question. The other question we had is at eight. We talked about uh, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon being uh, potential uh, picks in that spot, depending on format. Would you rather have those guys at around the eight spot? I know this is a whiteboard series that's coming up today. You're doing the number eight pick. Would you rather have a Kareem Hunt? And again, you could just say well, I'm answering later. <laughs> Kareem, uh, we'll say Melvin Gordon. Would you rather have Melvin Gordon or DeAndre Hopkins there? Yeah, I would take the running back yeah, just because I like the wide receiver value better in that early second round because, you know, you could get one of Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, A.J. Green. To me, the combination of that workhorse running back in the first where it's like Melvin Gordon or Kareem Hunt plus that elite wide receiver in the second is better than DeAndre Hopkins and then whoever you're going to pair with him in the second, whether it's Devontae Freeman, uh, Joe Mixon, uh you know, Jordan Howard, a running back like that. While, you know, DeAndre Hopkins might outscore Melvin Gordon, for sure, that can happen. I think the combination of Melvin Gordon and one of those elite wide receivers 
will outscore whatever running back you pair with DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. So I would take the running back at pick eight. There you go. That's the most common question we have. Take a break here at 844 I have to get back to you. I want to go to Jason from Colorado next. What's up, Jason? Hey, how's it going? It's going great. What's going on? Yeah, just a question for Frank. I uh, love the series you've been doing. I'm just curious, what's uh, your favorite one-two punch from the from the first two rounds, your favorite combination of players you're able to kind of grab? I think it's a great question, and obviously the answer to that is what pick you've clearly preferred the most because of the two players you, you can grab. Yeah, well, I think it's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, any pick, really. Yeah, it's awesome to grab one of the workhorse running backs, but... In my opinion, again, you miss out on one of those elite wide receivers. And don't get me wrong, some wide receivers are going to break out. But to me, the cutoff is A.J. Green. And it's A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, and Michael Thomas working my way backwards right. in the second round. So as early as you can get in the first round where you can guarantee that you get one of those wide receivers, that's what I like. I started another best ball draft yesterday, Greg, and I came in here and told you today, I had the sixth pick, I took Saquon Barkley, and I ended up getting Keenan Allen in the second round. I love that start. Yeah, I don't know if you can guarantee that every time, right? But you know, if you're anywhere from that six to ten range, and you get a workhorse running back, yeah, and then you get an elite wide receiver, I think that's probably my best range. And that's why I think pick eight, and we'll see it today with your video. I think a pick eight might wind up being your favorite because I think that scenario is probably most likely right around there. Yeah, which is what I had in flex, and I took Kareem Hunt first. There you go. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to you, John from New Jersey. You're up next. What's up, John? Hey guys, um, how you doing? I, I had called the other day and I asked about a full point 12 team PPR um, with pick number five. You guys told me that undoubtedly you probably go with Antonio Brown if he was on board. Uh, but I figured now since you guys are talking about running backs, let, let's assume that Antonio Brown like goes fourth um, and I miss out on him and I got like Ezekiel Elliott there or uh, you know one of those top four guys. Um, what would your, be your advice for the second round? Uh, assuming, like, I, I, the mocks that I've done, I haven't seen Devontae Adams. I haven't seen all, all these other guys. Um, but who would you pick with, assuming AB's gone uh, number four, I end up with Zeke. Uh, where would you go with, um, with your next pick for that one? Frank, you did a, a number five in your whiteboard series already. Who'd you, who'd you grab there? So I would try to get one of those wide receivers, like I mentioned, but from the mock drafts he's doing, it sounds like those wide receivers are gone. So uh, you can choose to pull one of those wide receivers up the board if you really want, like a Mike Evans, a T.Y. Hilton, someone like that, or you can just zig when everyone else is zagging. If everyone's grabbing the wide receivers, that means some running back value is going to fall to you. So whether it's Devontae Freeman or Christian McCaffrey, who personally I have ranked higher than Freeman Frank in is a full point climbing PPR. down, climbing down on Christian McCaffrey. I love it. Yeah, so if you could get McCaffrey um, in the second round of a full point PPR, even though everyone says, oh, you got to grab wide receivers in, in the full point PPR format, if you start Zeke or David Johnson with Christian McCaffrey, I think that's a fabulous start in the first two rounds. And then really, you know, the next three, maybe even the next four picks in your draft, I'm probably just loading up on wide receivers and playing it out from there, Greg. Let's go to Sean in New York next. What's up, Sean? Hey, guys. Uh, so you guys have been giving me advice the past couple of days yep. about uh, some sleeper running backs and wide receivers in my 16-team standard league. Uh, I was wondering, you know, after my first two picks, which are probably going to be running backs since it's a, a non-PPR league, should I go for like an Aaron Rodgers, maybe Deshaun Watson type of big scoring quarterback in like the third round? 
In a 16-team league, I, I simply can't recommend it. You're going to need to just pile on running backs and wide receivers. It's just too big. That's And I said I, I, I like one of these quarterbacks that you can just pick and, and wait and hold on to and never have to think about it. In your league, give me the wide receivers. Give me the running backs. I'm going to worry about quarterback way later. I understand why you might want that advantage in a 16-team league, though, because if you get an elite quarterback, that's where you stand out each week against your opponent. Uh, but I lean with you, Greg. I'm probably just loading up on wide receivers after I grab those RBs. The second-round running backs, they're up next on the BFFs. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. I'm going to join in the program. You're late on the line. We appreciate it and, and uh, stick with us. Also, to remind you, the DailyRoto.com is putting more than twenty five grand on the line for its subscribers this NFL season. Entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. Have the chance to win big this year alongside SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein, one of the only men to have won two separate million dollar prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split fifty percent of the profits. No profits that week? No worries. Your name will get tossed back in the hat the following week. Head to DailyRoto.com slash sweat and learn how to get in on the action and your share of $25,000. That's DailyRoto.com slash sweat. Also reminding the Fantasy Factor is the only exclusive single-entry DFS site. They have free rolls registering all the time and great promotion for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free million-dollar survivor contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. Go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. So we want to do the top 24 running backs today. That's, that's simply not going to happen. We're not going to have time. We'll continue this discussion tomorrow. Um, but we wanted to get into the second round, guys. Because the top 10 players that we just gave you, they are the top 10. They are going in the first 14 picks, which leaves 10 more picks to go to finish out your top 24. And to me, in those 10 picks, there are five more guys that belong there. And drafts... Are, are different depending on format, depending on scoring, depending how your league goes. But for me personally, if I had to rank a top 24, 15 of them would be running backs. We've named 10. We have five more to go. Now, I think our order... You have five more to go. How many do you have more to go? Do you believe that it should be in the top 24... Not, not top 24 running backs. That should be in the top 24 picks. Uh, 14. 14 running backs. 14 running backs. So you have, I'm sorry. You, so you, you guessed the one. Oh, so you have, you, have four, you have four more to go, you're saying? Yeah. Fine. I thought it was like the other way. That's no, 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 no. Okay. No. <laughs> so my tier has five more guys. Frank's tier has four more guys. I already know which one for him is not. Um, to me, the tier is this in some order. We'll discuss it. Devontae Freeman, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard, Joe Mixon, and the guy that Frank does not have, and that's Jarek McKinnon. If you're in the half-point PPR, we'll start there, Frank. 
The first 10 running backs are off the board. You're looking for a running back in the second round. Which one do you want? Ooh, Greggy. Oh, man. We put this up as a poll, too, on the Fantasy BFF's Twitter. And uh, currently, Christian McCaffrey and Devontae Freeman are very close. I've moved them up. I have Christian McCaffrey 11. He's my next running back off the board in the second round. Although he is tastier in the full point PPR, but I think... I sold you. I think the way he was used in that first game is very telling, Greg. I mean, he he's played... Gotta go, he got to go on carry. That was what it was, right? I mean, that helps for sure, but he played all 14 of the first team snaps with the first team Ander- offensive line. CJ Anderson not playing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and look, Norv Turner is known for having a workhorse running back. So I'm starting to buy more and more into that theory with Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, even if the Panthers' offensive line isn't very good... Mm. I think that's going to lend itself to McCaffrey catching a bunch of passes. We could see him with, you know, presumably 70-plus, maybe 80-plus receptions once again this year. Um, that's going to help in the half-point PPR as well. Uh, maybe he's more likely now. I think when we first started talking about McCaffrey, we were like, you know, he'll probably score like six touchdowns this year. Now he's probably, maybe he's closer to like seven or eight. And ultimately, that helps with 70 or 80-plus receptions if he is the workhorse for this team. So... I have him entrenched as my number 11 running back in half PPR right now. He would be number 11 in full point as well. In standard, he's like a third-round running back in my opinion. For me, in your half point, uh, I have Christian McCaffrey as my 12th-ranked running back. In the full point, I do have him as number 11. When we talked about finding the next Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey was my answer because I thought through what? You remember my answer? It's Darius, guys. No. Worse. Uh, actually, no, it can't be worse than that. Who was it? Rashad Penny. All right, so it was not worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty bad. Christian McCaffrey was my answer because I thought the touches would be there. Like even if the touch, even if he could just fall into a few more touchdowns, what Frank said he needed to do to get into that first round mix was more touchdowns and more yards. And I think, given the usage in Game One of the preseason, being a little bit bigger helps this guy. And and that's why I was confident in there. And I really like Christian McCaffrey this year. Like I think he could be a full purpose back. But the one that we felt had the highest floor, essentially, was Devontae Freeman. Yeah, he's got the concussion issues, and that's a thing. Yeah, he has a Tevin Coleman issue, and that's a thing. And yeah, he has a Steve Sarkeesian issue, which is also a thing. But the one thing with Devontae Freeman that you could say about really any of these guys is he's done it before. Like, he's been a first-round running back. He has put together a really good receiving series uh, season and a really good running season. And you put that together, and you have a workhorse running back. And all the negatives that we put together previously, like those are fair. I'm not disagreeing. When you're looking at a non-PPR or a half-PPR, I think Devontae Freeman is the one I can count on to do a little bit of everything. And in the, the full-point PPR, just for the record, I would just flip-flop him. Like I would have McCaffrey 11 and him 12. That's how good I feel about Devontae Freeman. I didn't want to break these two down into like a twosome here, but to me, they're the two clear next guys. I don't know that Frank agrees with that, um, but I have Devontae Freeman overall. My rankings are half point. I have Devontae Freeman 11, and I have Jer- uh, Christian McCaffrey 12. Yeah, so I still have Freeman as my RB 13, but like I told you downstairs, Greg, the more and more I think about it, I just don't see a scenario in the second round where I feel good drafting Devontae Freeman. And I tried to give him the scenario, too. Yeah, and it's like, look... I just I worry about the concussions. And, you know, you don't want to draft scared because any running back can end up with concussions. Any running back can get hurt year in and year out. But I'm more so worried about, look, the, the system with Steve Sarkeesian here, last, the last three years his targets have dipped each year. He had 97 targets back in 2015. That was with Kyle Shanahan. Even with Shanahan in 2016, his targets dipped by 32 down to 65 targets. Last year, 
that dipped by 18 more, only 47 targets. So we're talking about Devontae Freeman had 36 receptions last year. That might be the same range that Jordan Howard is in this year. Like, yeah, Jordan Howard is not going to catch a lot of passes. He might be like 30 to 35 catches. All right, that's not great. But Devontae Freeman, a three-year trend of just trending downwards with the receptions. And I worry about how Steve Sarkeesian is going to use him. I will say this, Greg, that as long as Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman have been on this team, he dominates red zone work. When they get inside the red zone, when they get inside the 10, inside the 5, that is Devontae Freeman's job. But... I just feel like he is trending in the wrong direction. And, you know, for all the reasons we like the Bears' offense this year, uh, I think their offensive line is solid. They're going to be able to move the ball more this season. Uh, Just a better overall scheme with Matt Nagy coming over. I think there's going to be opportunities for, you know, close to, if not double-digit touchdowns for Jordan Howard. And like I said, they mentioned they want to get him more involved in the pass game. I could see him with 30 to 35 receptions. So as of now in the half-point PPR, I've moved Jordan Howard ahead of Devontae Freeman. I'm just kind of souring off Freeman right now uh, with the concussions and the, the targets, a three-year downward trend uh, for him. I love Jordan Howard. And yeah. you, you know that. I loved him last year. And I love him again. He's my number 13 uh, running back across the, uh, all formats. He's yeah. number 13 for me. Uh, but the problem with Jordan Howard is, and you said, listen, he could get 30, 35 receptions, and that's true. But after week two last year, I proposed trading away Jordan Howard for Tariq Cohen, and the Tariq Cohen owner said no. Like, that's the direction we were in, how drastic it was after two yeah, weeks. That was John Fox. Like, totally. We're projecting forward now, Greggy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying how drastic it got for Jordan Howard. And I do wonder that if he does struggle in the passing game, we do see more of Tariq Cohen. And people are really high on Tariq Cohen this year. Like, extremely high. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Maybe it's because I really like Jordan Howard. But that fear is there. And that's ultimately why I trust him the least out of those three guys, McCaffrey and Freeman. I love Jordan Howard. He's 13 to me. I just think... When you're splitting hairs here, I'm going to take the guy who I think Jordan Howard is more of a guaranteed workhorse running back. You look, the past two years, Devontae Freeman has been right around 14 rushing attempts per game. Now, his receptions have gone down again. 4.9 per game three years ago, 3.4, 2.6 last year. So, if he's only getting 14 uh, uh, carries and then around three receptions per game, you're at about 17 touches. And again, he's going to get that, that work inside the red zone, but... If Jordan Howard, you're guaranteeing me, you know, 17, 18 carries a game and, you know, whatever it is, two receptions. If he's in that 30 reception range, once again, I just, I think, I feel better about Jordan Howard being more of a workhorse running back for his team, uh, whereas he doesn't have the injury history, the concussions concern. Um, I just, I don't feel good about drafting Devontae Freeman all that much anymore in the second round. Again, for me, I look at Devontae Freeman much like I looked at Kareem Hunt. Like, this is a guy that I, if, I don't even think he thinks to break his way, that he finishes a top 12 running back. And I feel the same in, in all formats. And I feel the same way when it comes to my number 12 running back that Christian McCaffrey could do it. Um, Jordan Howard can also. But like, your first 12 running backs theoretically are RB1s, right? Like all those 12 guys you believe are going to be RB1s. I believe that even though Jordan Howard did it last year, I believe there's a better chance in 2018 projecting forward that Devontae Freeman does it than Jordan Howard. And it's, again, it's two spots. Yep. And that's where I have Jordan Howard. Then, another twosome, the final twosome for me in the second round. Frank has a one-some. Frank has one guy left. I have two here, and I hope Frank tells me why he, he doesn't agree, and I'm sure he will. Uh, but for me, and Frank's really calling me out over the order of this, I have Jarek McKinnon, and I have Joe Mixon. Ah! I remember when we... we <laughs> Sorry. I remember we laughed at this. Nasty taste in my mouth. When we said Jarek McKinnon, really, and Joe Mixon, were both second-round running backs. But the deeper we get in the draft season, you're seeing it be a realization. 
To me, these are two guys I'd much rather take toward the turn, especially if you drafted a running back with your first pick. Grab the wide receivers here. Grab the Allens, the Adams, the Greens, uh, the Hiltons, the Evans. Like, I like those guys better than these two running backs. I want to preface that by saying. But as I look at the next tier of running backs, the guys that come after, uh, to me, the Royce Freemans, the Derrick Henry, the Alex Collins, ooh, like these guys are end of the third round guys to me. McKinnon and Mixon are significantly better. And I'm skipping McCoy because I honestly have no idea what to do with him. And maybe we can discuss that. But to me, McKinnon and Mixon are a tier above all the other names I just mentioned. That's why I believe they fit in this tier. They're guys I want to take a little bit later on, more at the turn at 2-3, maybe at the beginning of the third round. Uh, But to me, Mixon and McKinnon are next. I'm buying into the Shanahan hype. I buy into the Shanahan hype every single year. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, you drafted yeah. Carlos Hyde. You were I, all over him last year. I was all year. over Carlos Hyde last year. I was all over Devontae Freeman the years prior to that because Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing with running backs. You go back to Washington where he had Alfred Morris. You go back to Houston where he had Arian Foster. It's not a coincidence. Kyle Shanahan knows what he's doing with running backs. This is why Matt Breida became a thing last year. That's why many people believe Matt Breida will be a thing this year. I understand the workload concerns with McKinnon. I understand when everybody points out what he did in Minnesota and could not sustain all of those carries. I get it. But I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to give him every opportunity to do so. The Niners' line is improving. Frankie read that yesterday, I think, how good the line was. Um, And those are the reasons to love McKinnon. Joe Mixon, I admit I have a little sour taste in my mouth from last year. I know he got better as the season went along. I know that the Bengals went out to improve their offensive line as well. But when you look at the half-point PPR and the full-point PPR, and I'd say in a standard I would have Mixon ahead of McKinnon, but Mixon is not going to catch many passes on this team with Gio Bernard still there. Like, that is still his role. That is still his job. I know Mixon's the goal line back, but I think McKinnon could be the goal line back anyway. I have it McKinnon and then Mixon in the half point and the full point PBR. Yeah, so I have Mixon ahead of McKinnon in every format. I believe I have Mixon really right there, cemented in as my RB14. I think he is right there behind those guys, McCaffrey, Howard, and Freeman, regardless of format. So he's kind of just like entrenched as my RB14. Regardless of, uh, again, regardless of format. But I just think uh, with, with Joe Mixon, what I, the reason why I was kind of souring on him, like maybe he doesn't have immense upside because when, last time we spoke about Mixon, I said the last five seasons, 2013 to 2017, the lead backs for Marvin Lewis and the Bengals have averaged 213 carries per season. Four seasons before that, his lead backs averaged 293 carries per season. So I don't think we get there. But if you look at you know the top 12, 15 running backs from last year, like, for example, Devontae Freeman uh, finishes RB13. He had 196 carries, and he had 36 receptions. Uh, Deion Lewis had 180 carries and 32 receptions. Like, Joe Mixon can easily pay off where you're drafting him right now as a top 15 running back. He can pay off that value just getting 220 carries and 40 receptions. Remember, last year he caught 30 of 34 targets. I think Joe Mixon, people sleep on this part of his game. He is a phenomenal receiver. Coming out of college, he was a great receiver. Gio Bernard is not going away. He will have a role. But I think that there's a fair shot that Joe Mixon can catch 40-plus balls this year, even with Gio Bernard being there. And I'll say 220 carries. So you get 260 total touches out of Joe Mixon. I think that's more than enough for him to pay off top 15 running back value, a high-end RB2, maybe low-end RB1. Eric McKinnon, Greg, I mean... The bad news just keeps on coming. From the injury that we had before, it seems like every single day at practice, the 49ers are running a different 
RB out there as uh, for first-team reps today. It was Jeremy McNichols. The team just signed Alfred Morris. We saw Joe Williams have a touchdown in the first preseason game, so he's a thing again. We have like five different running backs on this 49ers team, and yes, while Kyle Shanahan produces you know, that those top-scoring running backs, I think this year could just be all over the map. I think you know Jarek McKinnon could be banged up uh, a couple of weeks here, then we see Joe Williams, or we see a Matt Breida. Matt Breida's banged up too. I just think that we're going to get, it's going to be all over the map this year. I've lowered Jarek McKinnon all the way down to my RB20. He's, wow. not, even, he's not even in the, the tier inside the round three running backs wow. with Alex Collins, LaShawn McCoy. You're discounting Kyle Shanahan, dude. I, no, the thing, is, I, the thing is, I'm not. I think that there can be RB value here, but on a week-in, week-out basis, I don't th- know that you know who it's going to be. I think it's going to be McKinnon, and I'll tell you why. I, they paid him. They paid him money. But look, exactly. he's banged up. He's already banged up, Greg, and it's the preseason. He's not even playing games. They're barely even making contact with each other yet, and the guy is already hurt. I just think once we get into the season, and this is what Michael Florio and myself continue to say when we first brought up Jerk McKinnon being drafted in the second round, is there are durability concerns. Not only that, there has been efficiency concerns. He hasn't been a great running back at the NFL level yet. And I know he hasn't played for Kyle Shanahan yet, but Latavius Murray looked pretty damn good playing with Pat Sherman in the Vikings offense last year. They didn't bring Jarek McKinnon back for a reason. They kept Latavius Murray. If Latavius Murray is better than Jarek McKinnon, well, <laughs> what does I, that say? It doesn't say anything. It says that, just, that, that Jarek McKinnon got paid, dude. It, that Jarek McKinnon got paid a lot of money. Well, I don't there's just a really good chance that the 49ers made a mistake, and maybe they'll realize that sooner than later, and that's what I'm expecting because I just think it's going to be a running back carousel this year. And maybe this is probably going to be better for DFS. Whoever's starting at the running back position for the 49ers week in and week out, maybe you want to plug that guy in. But I'm not using a second, not even a third-round pick on Jarek McKinnon if I don't know that he's going to be the starting running back every week uh, based on injury history or the fact that I just think that he's not really that great of a running back, Greg. Two more names I want to mention that go around here before we get to tomorrow's show. LaShawn McCoy and Mark Ingram. Ingram suspended for four games. LaShawn McCoy has a suspension probably hanging over him, potentially. I don't want to say probably, potentially. Where do you draft these guys? Uh, yes, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but I, I still think LaShawn McCoy, just based on volume, um, you know, I was going to bring this, I'll say, um, you know, I'll, I'll bring up the stat now. Frank Gore finished as RB19 last year because he had 261 carries. Right. I think LaShawn McCoy, if he stays healthy, he's a lock for 250 carries. It's not, based on the value, he'll, the volume, he'll still pay off that third-round running back value. It's Greg. not the talent that scares me in any way with LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. It's being placed on the commissioner's exempt list, and then you lose him. Mm-hmm. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. More running back talk tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.